everyone. Welcome to the podcast of the Vineyard Church, Chester Springs. We invite you to join our mission to love like Jesus, and you can connect with us on social media or visit our website, csvineyard.org. Now for this week's talk, brought to you by co-lead pastor, Alison Grunendijk. It's great to be together, and it's Latte Sunday as well. And we're doing that in honor of the moms, and I was initially going to barista with Tyler, but now it's the dads and the husbands serving the women, which is so cool. So we're going to have those lattes for all of you. It's not just for moms and grandmas. You can all have one. Just wait your turn, right? Let the moms go first. Um, But we'll have those for you after the service, just as a treat um, and a way to celebrate being back together again. I know it doesn't really feel like springy and Mother's Day-like. I feel like I'm still dressed in my winter clothes. Courtney looks very on point today in her nice dress, but I'm I'm too cold to do that. So here we are. Anyway, um, I know it's Mother's Day, but hey, shout out to the dads. Uh, It's all men serving in kids' ministry later today, actually. All dads. And I'm just super proud of you guys for stepping up and serving our kids. Um, Really quick before we jump in, I have two announcements for you. One is that Giveaway Sunday is coming up on May 23rd. And if you've been around at the Vineyard for a while, you know that every year we just say, hey, God is generous to us, and so we take all that comes into our giving baskets um, for the general fund, and we just give it away. We don't keep any of that money. And this year, we are giving to not one, but three different organizations. So we're going to spread the wealth out a little bit. Um, They are Bridge of Hope, which you've been hearing about. It's an awesome one. Uh, The Pottstown Warming Center and Good Sam, all uh, organizations that are near and dear to us that we have connections with. And we just want to like say, God, they're doing it in some ways a lot better than we could, right? And so we just, we give to their mission and support what God is already stirring up in those ways. So be excited for that. That's coming up May 23rd. And then later that week on the 27th, it's a Thursday evening, we're going to in some ways continue something that we're calling Marriage Matters. Um, If some of you have joined us online for the Zoom experience with Kurt uh, Attaway out of Pearland, We called that the marriage journey. This is just something that we're saying at Vineyard Chester Springs, hey, we want to invest in marriages for the whole length of 2021, um, and hopefully beyond that, but really with a special emphasis this year. And so we're going to create space to do what we're calling mini dates, um, something, again, that you'll be familiar with if you joined us with Kurt. Um, But even if you didn't, please come. This is going to be in person, outside, on the lawn, and it's going to be 6.30 to 8.00. We are feeding you dinner. The church is treating you to that. Um, So do RSVP and let us know if you are coming so that you can put in your Panera order, (laughs) okay? And then the other thing is we're still working out details for childcare. So if you have needs for that and that's going to be prohibitive to you, um, let us know what those needs are. We want to work with you and support you in that way too. Just to make no barriers to come to this thing, it's going to be good. We'll do a little content, um, we'll probably use a Gottman book, and just have conversations together, but it's also just so nice to be like, okay, I'm investing in my marriage, and you can like look around and see that other people are doing that too, and you don't feel so alone on the journey. So all of that is coming up. Okay. I want to pray really quick one more time before we dive in, okay? 
So Holy Spirit, would you come this morning? Would you illuminate to us the truth that is in your word, the truth that you are Jesus? And we just trust you that whatever you have to speak and to communicate, that we um, can be ready to receive it, not because of our own efforts, but because you can make us ready. So would you do that this morning? We love you, God. Amen. All right, so this morning, we are continuing in our mini-series on prayer, and last week, Lumi kicked us off with a fantastic message about intercession, and basically that word just means um, praying for God to intervene in the world, in our lives. That's all the intercession means, and... um, I just have heard from so many of you that that stirred some things in you, and I'm excited to see where this is going to go. If there's ever been a time to be intercessors, man, it's now. There's, there's something God is up to, and I just want our church to be part of that. So, so grateful to hear from her. And then next week, actually, Ed Murray is going to speak to us on what it means to be um, kingdom prayers, what, what it means to have a lens of the kingdom um, as we pray. And Something you hear maybe in the vineyard if you've been around a while is when somebody asks for prayer, we don't just say, okay, that's nice, I'll, I'll pray for you later when I think of you, and like, do they actually? We don't know, right? We hope they're praying. Um, but what we say in the vineyard is like, can I pray for you right now? Right now. And we have this expectation that God is present, he's coming and he's going to do something. Maybe it's healing, maybe it's reconciliation, maybe it is bringing things back into wholeness that are out of alignment. We just trust that he does that. And so you're going to hear from Ed on that. And I'm sandwiched right in between this, and there's a ton of stuff I could talk to you about prayer. It's a huge topic. Um, But today, I really just feel like we're supposed to focus on these three aspects of prayer, and they are place, posture, and presence. And Surprise, surprise, we are going back to the book of Exodus. <laughs> I just preached two weeks ago, and we, we were in Hebrews, but then we kind of camped out in Exodus. We're camping back out in Exodus today because I'm just, that's what I'm reading right now. So I'm bringing you along with me, okay? So open your Bibles if you have them. A lot of text this morning. It'll be up on the screen so you can follow along, all right? Okay. So again, this is not your typical prayer text, but I think it's awesome. So... Let's jump in. We're going to start in Exodus 19 at verse 16. And this might sound familiar if you were watching a couple weeks ago. Uh, On the morning of the third day, thunder roared and lightning flashed and a dense cloud came down the mountain. There was a long, loud blast from a ram's horn and all the people trembled. Moses led them out from the camp to meet with God and they stood at the foot of the mountain. All of Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord had descended on it in the form of fire. The smoke billowed into the sky like smoke from a brick kiln, and the whole mountain shook violently. As the blast of the ram's horn grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God thundered his reply. The Lord came down the top of Mount Sinai and called Moses to the top of the mountain. So Moses climbed the mountain. Mountaintop experiences with God in prayer are 
awesome, aren't they? If you've had one, there are these places where his presence is like visceral. It's felt in your body. There's an atmosphere around you that that God just feels really tangible, so much so that it seems like heaven kind of gets magnified. And God's voice is crystal clear to us. And that's this picture that we get when Moses is talking with God. There's, There's thunder, there's the physical elements being swirled up. It gets louder and louder as the conversation goes on. And Moses is speaking, and God is thundering back. And I don't know if that's what you immediately think of as like possible when you pray, uh, but it is. <laughs> um, and I think that everyone who lives a life with Jesus at some point will have this moment, you know? I just believe that. And if you haven't had one yet, let's pray for that, I guess. That's what I want to say this morning. Let's pray that that could happen um, because they're super fun. <laughs> I think God wants to reveal really, really big things to us in big ways that are so obvious that we don't miss them, right? And it's like when you're standing in one spot, like Moses was, God says, come on up. Come on up to the top of the mountain where I dwell. Come here for me up here. And we know this to be Mount Sinai. This is the place where Moses received the Ten Commandments, but it was so much more than that. God was like speaking all of this insight of how to lead his people, all of his heart for the people who had been through so much exile, the heart to bring them into this promised land. But you notice it really was by invitation only. God had parameters around how that speaking could happen, right? He said, here's where the people can stand. No animals, don't let the animals or the people touch the mountain or they're not going to make it. And you can stay right here and I'm going to talk to you from up here. And then there's this moment where he says, Moses, come, come up to the top. And he says, Moses climbed the mountain. It's by invite only and it's for a very specific time and place. Have you guys had encounters like these? I mean, if you have, I guess what strikes me this morning about this text is there's nothing that Moses did to make that happen. It wasn't like he prayed super, super hard for many, many hours a day, and he, was, it, he, he just got invited. Like God just said, it's, this, it's the time. I'm going to speak to you now. Come up here. God decides the timing of this, and... It's usually, I have to say, like an invitation into a space that's unknown, that's kind of risky, that's unfamiliar. There's, there are these mountaintop moments that we have with God where it's like, I think you're speaking to me. I want to follow. This sounds nuts, right? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know about that, God. It's not comfortable. I have to leave the crowds. I have to go up somewhere that's secluded into a place that is largely un charted territory. And I mean, I think this is metaphorically true, uh, but it might actually be literal too. And I think that is a really cool thing about this passage. Like if you want to hear from God, that is what prayer is, right? We're dialoguing with God. If you want to hear from God in your prayer life, in a really obvious way, like maybe you should just go outside. (laughs) Maybe you should literally climb a mountain. And I know I talked about mountains two weeks ago. They're kind of (laughs) dangerous. And 
There's something about it, though, that I feel like the most alive on top of a mountain. I really do. I feel the most human, the most alive. And I think it's because I'm just super aware that I'm not very in control of anything at that moment. You know, it's like, okay, there is stuff that's bigger than me. I am this tiny little person on this giant boulder. That's crazy. And God made it, and here I am. And so whether this is literal or symbolic for you uh, of a mountain, I mean, I just think today this passage is telling us like prayer means stepping into the mystery a little bit, stepping into um, something that is deeper in God's presence. And God is up there amongst a pillar of cloud. It says he's fire. Uh, and so that imagery is so helpful to me because I'm thinking, yeah, when, when God reveals big things, he still kind of gives you the sense like, and there's more you don't know, right? Like when I get a really big revelation from God where I'm like, whoa, that was an insight. I needed that. I go, oh, I also have the revelation that I don't know very much. Like you don't know what you don't know. And God's invitations can be risky. They just can be risky, guys. I, and I love this picture. Like, I'm sure the, the, it says the people were like standing at the bottom mountain, like trembling. They're terrified watching Moses go up there. They're like, that guy's crazy. He's going to get burnt up, right? It's risky to hear from God because he might tell you things that you don't want to hear or you're not ready to hear or don't make any sense. I mean, most of my mountaintop moments... Uh, with God have ultimately led me to make decisions that on the surface of my life didn't really make a lot of sense. Um, moments like, I've shared some of these with you guys, like turning away from an opportunity to get a PhD that I really wanted, that I had prayed for like five years for a chance to go get this doctorate. And then I went in for my pre-interview and God was like, no. Are you kidding me? <laughs> okay, right? Um, things like hearing so clearly that I was supposed to marry Amos, even though that was a real head-scratcher at first. Like, I liked the guy, right? Um, but we came from different faith traditions, and so I knew, like, if I attach my life to this guy, I have to leave the vineyard. And the vineyard is my home. The vineyard are my people. I love them dearly. What does this mean? I, I, don't, I can't reconcile this in my head. Saying yes to Amos. It was a good decision, right? But at the time, I didn't know that that shift away from vineyard was going to be temporary. There was no guarantee that we would land back here. What a kindness. What a kindness of God to do that. You know, mountaintop moments led us to plant a church. Whoa, we resisted that one pretty hardcore, too. Amos was like, I'm fresh out of seminary. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm newly married. I've heard it's hard on your marriage. That sounds like a bad idea. And we did it <laughs> because God was speaking. And there's like nothing better in the whole world than hearing like from the creator of the universe that is saying, I want to do good things to you. Here's what I have. Just go for it. And we get here, and I remember 
this mountaintop moment, so many in this, but like we moved to Pennsylvania. Not only does God say, lay down that career that you love and come and pastor, he says, all right, now it's time for ordination. That was a mountaintop moment for me. And I know some of you are in the room who were there. It was so amazing because it was a mountaintop moment for me. Like I have that entire service ingrained in my mind. But it wasn't just for me, it was for you guys, it was for us, it was for the church. And I remember Ray came up here and he gave this just dynamite message on how women were equally and fully uh, called to step into church leadership, that we had equal gifting, that we had equal authority in the world to lead. And you guys prayed for me, but then at the end, we called women up. We said, hey, come up. We're going to pray for you. And like so many of you came up here. The, church, the building looked different at the time, but we had like women wrapped all the way around the stage. It was amazing. And we just begin to pray that like the call that God has on all of you would just come into fruition. I mean, it, that was a mountaintop moment for our church. And our church said, yes, that's who we are. That's who we're going to be. We're going to raise up women. And I kid you not, like months after that, we had women taking new roles in our church as directors. We had women taking new roles at their workplaces. We had women stepping up in their families saying, I have new fresh vision for how I'm going to love and educate my children, how I'm going to love my husband better. I mean, it was just like God was doing something in those mountaintop moments. I mean, we need those invitations, right? In prayer, we need those invitations to be super obvious because otherwise, I think we'd be tempted to just write them off as totally ridiculous or impossible. I mean, I sure needed several mountaintop moments to, to come here. <laughs> Ooh. We were trying to move to California so hard. And uh, we're like, we're not East Coast people. Those people are weird. And they drive bad. And they're rude and short and snappy. And like, they're going to eat us alive. <laughs> and we got here and we're like, oh, we love these people. We just fell in love with you guys. Isn't it interesting? Like, when God says go... We want to be people who are ready to pack our bags. And I think that that has to come from a foundation of a life in prayer. But it gets better in this text because uh, the mountaintop moments are fun. They're exciting. They're exhilarating. But they're ultimately not very sustaining. And I think we've all experienced that too. Like, like what if the only time you prayed was when you had a big decision to make. Like if I just said, okay, God, where are we supposed to move? And pastor, and he said, go to Philly. And we're like, yes. And then we just stopped the conversation. I would be drowning right now. <laughs> it's like, and then what? Now what do we do? What does this look like to walk this out, right? So here's what gets fun. Exodus 33. So we were in 19... The Bible's given us this vision of God speaking these big mountaintop moments, and then we get to this passage, Exodus 33, pick up in verse 7. It says, It was Moses' practice to take the tent of meeting and set it up at some distance from the camp. 
everyone who wanted to make a request of the Lord would go to the tent of the meeting outside the camp. Whenever Moses went out to the tent of the meeting, all the people, all the people, would get up and stand in the entrances of their own tents. They would all watch Moses until he disappeared inside as he went into the tent. The pillar of the cloud would come down and hover at its entrance while the Lord spoke to Moses. When, they, when the people saw the cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, they would stand and bow down in front of their own tents. Inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. I love that these two images are, are in this book of the Bible. We get this picture that is just such a complete 180 from the loud, boisterous, over, like sensory overload experience of the mountaintop. This is one of closeness, of tenderness, of intimacy, of God saying face-to-face. That's, in the Bible, you hear face-to-face, mouth-to-mouth. They kind of mean the same thing, like, I, we're going to have a really honest conversation now, and I want you to look at me while we're talking. And it might be tempting to think, well, sure, he's having that experience, but didn't that tent of meeting, didn't he pitch that in the mountains? But actually, no, this is the cool part. No, the tent of meeting was at the bottom of the mountain. It was near the camp where the people lived. And God says, I'm coming down. (laughs) I'm coming down to speak to you face to face. And maybe that sounds equally as intimidating to you today um, as the big moments with God. You know, I think, especially in this time, we're pretty out of practice, like meeting people face to face and having conversations. So... You might be thinking, like, I can't really imagine that closeness to a God that I can't see or touch. And yet, this is the essence of prayer. This is what it is. What do you do with your closest friends? You tell stories. You listen to their stories. And you make new stories together, right? You make new memories. It's just the basis of friendship. And here we get this picture of prayer as friendship and dialogue with Jesus, with God. And isn't it just true? Like, when something super ridiculous happens to you and you're like, that was terrible. And then later you're like, that was actually kind of funny when I think about it. You got to tell somebody, right? It's like you don't keep that to yourself. You like get on the phone or you text, you got a text thread going. You're like, you're never going to believe what happened to me today. That's so great. Or when you're super low and you're just like, I, I can't make it today. Today's not good for me. <laughs> Let's have a redo. You text your friend and you say, I'm not okay. I just want you to know that. Can you pray for me? Can you, can you be here with me? And then sometimes you have those friends, I hope you have these friends, where you don't really even need words to tell your story together. You can just sit and kind of take in the moment, take in the scene. And that, I think, is essentially the beginning of contemplation, where you're just still with this awareness of what's around you. And 
So we have these images. We have the mountaintop and the valley. And God is in both. And I think we, we expect him to be on the mountaintop. You know, even like people who don't follow Jesus, who don't believe in any kind of God, or at least who know um, secular gods, who know just drugs and money and like what these things demand of us, right? These are things that you don't stay in your real everyday experience. They like take you somewhere on a journey that you're, you're going up high into the sky. Like there's just this sense that if God exists, he's up there. He's got to be up there. And that up there is where the good stuff is. So for God to call us into, into prayer with him and to say, come and be where I am, come be where I dwell, that actually makes sense, right? It makes sense that God would require effort. He would require climbing the mountain. He would require this strenuous, crazy task. So it's not surprising that God is on the mountaintop, but what is surprising, I think, is that he's also at the bottom of the mountain. He's accessible. He's on the ground. He's in the valleys. He's in the low places with you. He is in the ordinary, the mundane, the boring, dare I say. The bore, your boring life, God is in your boring life. If you think you have a boring life, that's okay. God, God's there with you. And it just struck me like this is the Bible telling us a vibrant prayer life is not reserved for the spiritually elite. It's not reserved for the marathoners. It's not reserved for the craziest people who will scale the mountain. It's made available to all of us. In that passage, it said everyone who wants to make a request to God, not just Moses, not just the leader anymore. When God comes down the mountain, he says, everybody who wants to make a request to me is invited to come. So I just wonder, what is, what's your encounter of God been like at the bottom of the mountain these days? Are you looking for him there in prayer? See, I think ultimately prayer is becoming aware of the fact that the presence of God is not just reserved for special occasions like weddings or funerals. It's not just reserved for mealtime. <laughs> not just reserved for when you need a quick fix to a problem. Prayer is for your every day, every hour, every moment, life, and you don't need an invitation. You don't need an invitation to come. And why is that? Because God is already there. He's already there in it. He's in every conversation. He's in every tantrum your kid is having. He's in every argument you're having with your spouse. He's in every tough call you have to make. He's in every close call that's ever happened to you. And God says, look, I have entered your space. The pillar of the cloud comes down, and what is the people's response? They, they see his presence, and they bow down. They bow down. I don't know if this is hitting you like it was hitting me, but I just loved it. I was like, go. God used to dwell in his creation, in his mountain, in the things that his hands made. And he said, if you want to talk to me, you got to come to me. You got to be in my world. And here we get this picture of God saying, no, I'm now coming down to be in yours. I'm entering the things that you make. 
with your hands, I'm entering your tents, your dwelling place is also my dwelling place. And it's so cool. It goes on. Moses gets this. I love this next part of the conversation. Exodus 33, 12. It says, one day Moses said to the Lord, you've been telling me, take these people up to the promised land, but you haven't told me whom you will send me. You have told me, I know you by name and I look favorably on you. <laughs> well, if that's true, that you look favorably on me, let me know your ways so that I may understand you more fully and continue to enjoy your favor. And remember, this nation is your very own people. Okay, we're going to pause here for a minute. Moses is basically like being really honest with God here, right? He says, look, I need some details of where we're going. You're asking me to do this really big impossible thing, uh, and oh, by the way, are you coming with me? Because if you're not coming along, I'm staying here. Don't make me leave. Because if you don't come with us, do you realize you're going to give us a super bad reputation? Like, that looks rough, because we're kind of like pinning our hopes and dreams and future on you being all in, and if you're not, like, what is up, basically? And then I love that last line. <laughs> He's like, oh yeah, and let me remind you, God, like, these people, I know they're messy, I know they're rebellious, but they're kind of ultimately your problem. <laughs> so, please take responsibility for them. I just love this. I mean, it's just so, it's not obvious that it's a prayer text, right? But are you seeing it? Like, this is what we're invited to do with God. Like, here's all my complaints. Here's all the stuff I don't get. Here's what I expect you to do. Are you going to keep up your end of the deal? Ah, like, that's prayer. That is prayer. It's so good. It's an honest face-to-face -face conversation. And then God says back, yeah, I'm going to personally go with you. Everything's going to be fine. That's actually how the NLT translates it. It's going to be fine. Well, you know what that means when people tell you, don't worry, it'll be fine. Yeah, that, It's not very comforting sometimes, right? And so then Moses says back, well, okay, it's going to be fine, but like, again, I'm going to stay here with you if you don't go with me. And then I love this. Catch this next line. For your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all other people's on the earth. Just let that sink in for a moment. Like, what does that really mean for your prayer? If it's the presence of God that sets us apart, I think it means, like, we all have words. We can ramble them off. But... Our words are really actually empty if they're not inhabited by God when we pray. Prayer is not the words you say. It's the presence in and with you. That's what prayer is. The presence in your house, in your space. And the crazy thing here is the same presence and power that's on the top of the mountain is at the bottom. That is, that's amazing. And so prayer is discovering what you thought was only possible on these mountaintop moments in your life. God says, no, it's available in your boring, mundane, daily grind, simple life. <laughs> 
you can meet him in both places. We don't choose the mountaintop moments, but we can build tents of meeting. We can build tents of meeting in our lives to be spaces where we meet with Jesus. This was the baseline assumption for Moses, and he was in the Old Testament. So how much more so is this true for us? Like, we know that these promises to dwell with us that God gives, we know where this goes. It goes not just on a mountaintop. It goes not just in a tent. It actually goes into a physical body in the person of Jesus. He comes, he dwells among us, he lives, he suffers, he dies, he ultimately raises for us. And then he says, and now you have my Holy Spirit that's not just with you, but in you. This is what it means to be people of prayer. Like to be so aware that even just the air in your lungs, like sitting and breathing in and out is prayer. It really grinds against like our Western sensibilities of like, I gotta be doing something. No, you don't. No, you don't. If God is really present, then he is as close as your breath. And every time you wanna come meet with him, he's available. And guys, I like still struggle to believe that. I have, I have this group of friends and I meet with them and it's just for the purpose of like putting ourselves in the posture of meeting with God. And a lot of nights I'm like, I don't really know if this is going to be worth my time. Like what if God doesn't really show up? And then we sit for five minutes in silence together. We begin to share about the facts of our life and how we're feeling about them. We don't try to fix each other or give advice. We're just noticing the presence of God with us and naming those realities. And he always exceeds my expectations. He always does. Like, he'll come and people get these crazy new insights for things that have been long-standing problems in their lives. Or they get just this sense of God's love that comes and, like, eclipses fear and anxiety and suddenly it's just gone. Or maybe it's just a fresh promise for someone who's in a place of sorrow. It's so good. And, and I just, last thing here today, like, just because God is available to you at all times, it, his presence still needs to be entered into. I think we see that. Um, in these passages, that there's an intentionality with which Moses is entering into the tent. There's an intentionality with which God is coming. And so, you know, like even with Isla, we're beginning to try to teach this. And so what I'm realizing is to enter into a life of prayer, what you need, you need a time, you need a place, and you need a posture to do this. And so with Isla, um, the time is bedtime. The place is in her bed, and the posture is hands folded, eyes closed. <laughs> and we're still working on this, because really what it kind of looks like right now is like, fold your hands, Isla, close your eyes. Nope, Bunny can pray too. Yep, fold Bunny's hands. She says, Bunny's praying too. Okay, great, Bunny's praying too. It's just, and we go around the circle, and I don't really know that she's listening a lot to the prayers. We're trying, right? And it's still prayer. That's the beauty of it. Like, God is there. He's in that with us. 
And there's nothing magical about this posture. In fact, I don't really pray like this very often, right? Um, but I think they teach little kids to do it because, like, your hands can't be busy doing something else when they're grabbing, <laughs> when they're grabbing themselves, right? Like, when you're clasped together, I've just loved that reminder lately. Like, God's saying, Allison, when you're praying, is there any moment where your hands are, like, idle, where your hands are just ceasing from productivity to hear from me? And I, I mean, I love the on-the-go prayers. I love the multitasking with God. I know he's cool with that. <laughs> but like, you are going to be most present to God when your body is still. And so real quick, I just want to give you practically other things, postures that the Bible offers us. Uh, we'll just fly through these here. Standing. There's tons of verses about standing before the Lord. It shows honor, right? When a bride walks down the aisle of the wedding, everybody stands. It's a, it's a way to honor the person that you're with. Uh, arms stretched out. We see this one a lot in the vineyard, right? It actually is like opening your core to God. And to me, it's kind of a posture of like, I need help. <laughs> you see little kids do it. It's like one of the first things they learn is like when I need something, <clears throat> it's up in the air, grabbing up for, for mom or dad. Eyes lifted up. Try that one. Have you guys ever done that? Like if you're outside, it's really fun when you're outside because you can see the clouds, you can see the trees. Eyes lifted up. It gives us this sense of like, God, here's my on-the-ground realities, but I'm choosing to lift my eyes and see the heavenly realities and, and see you watching over me even. Kneeling, kneeling's up there. It's a posture of reverence, humility. And then how about this one? Prostrate, <laughs> flat on your face. Not one that we are, again, easily put into in, in the West. We don't like that sense, but it is a submissive posture. It is a way to tell God, like, I am going close to the dirt because I recognize that I came from the dirt and that I will return to the dirt. And so anything that happens in between those two times is a gift from you, and I am with you. And then I just have to throw this one in here quick because a couple of you have asked me about it recently. Journaling. Journaling's a great posture for prayer. You can posture yourself with paper and pen. And I, you can use this in so many ways, guys. You can use it to simply like write down your distracting to-do list if you're just trying to sit in silence with God and those like distractions come. You can say, oh, got to write that down. Don't forget that. Got to do this later. That's fine. Or you can just use it as a conversation starter with God. Just begin to talk to him about what happened today and how do I feel about it. I really encourage you guys to try this. And if you need a prompt that's rememberable, I'm sure Amos will tell me there's one more word, but it doesn't rhyme, so I'm not throwing it in there. Um, just journal what made me sad, mad, and glad today. I think we can remember those, right? You can do anxious, too. I think that's the other one that's always on Amos's list, but that doesn't rhyme. So if you remember it, great, but not. Sad, mad, glad. Journal about those things. And you know what? At the end of the day, when you don't know what else to do, if you're really struggling to start in prayer, just borrow some words from the Bible. <laughs> start in the Psalms. I guarantee you there is a passage in there that will relate to something you're going through because it's like full of crazy. It's so good.
so good. God is present to you all the time. But when time and place and posture all sync up, then you can really know that you're being present to him. And that is, that's just my invitation, my challenge, my take it, whatever you want. For you, as we go forward in these next weeks and months, like, pick a time, pick a place, pick a posture. God really cares so much more about the posture of your heart, and so there's no, like, harm in trying on some of those that were listed and just saying, like, nah, that didn't work for me. I didn't really connect. Just try something. You know, I think in this age of technology, we all know what it feels like to pick a time, pick a place, show up to meet your friend, but they're not really with you, right? You, you have those experiences like you say, yes, I'll get coffee with you at Dunkin' Donuts at 10 o'clock. You pick the time, you pick the place, and you get there, and the person's just like checked out. They're distracted, they're on their phone, they're wrestling through their purse. I mean, this is me too. I'm not throwing anybody under the bus. But that's why the posture, you got to add the posture in there. Pick a posture that will help you pay attention to Jesus and move your heart toward him because his heart is toward you. So let's pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you for the truth of your word this morning. God, we, we want mountaintop moments with you. And I pray right now for people watching in their bedrooms, in their living rooms, with their families, in this room, that you would just begin to stir up a desire for these mountaintop moments where you say to us, yes, it's worth following me. Yes, I am worth something. And your life is best when you stay close to me. And so listen and get ready and go with me. God, I pray for just courage to be poured out, for people to step up the mountain with you and find out what life is like there. And I pray we wouldn't stop there, God, that we would also find you in the corners of our day, in the simplicity, in the mundane, in the routine. Hear your voice, know your presence, and know that our attention toward you is itself a way to pray. Would you make these things true of us as a church, God? Would you continue to speak to us now as we worship? Thanks again for listening to the podcast of the Vineyard Church, Chester Springs. We hope you share this with your friends and family and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.